everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of the Behavior Source Podcast. I am your host, Julie, and we have some amazing special guests who we'll get to later. Just a little disclaimer for you all. We are not providing recommendations on behavior. We are simply having a fun chat because we love talking about behavior. It's our job and we enjoy it so much that we started a podcast about it. So please enjoy episode four of the Behavior Source Podcast, Parenting with Different Perspectives. All right, y'all. We thought it would be really fun to get some different outlooks this month on how to parent when you have different perspectives um, and different backgrounds, especially when we're talking about behavior at home and in the community. So to kind of put things into a fun little realm for everyone, my husband, Jared, is with us. So Jared, go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody. Oh, pressure. <laughs> um, I'm Jared. I am married to you. <laughs> That's about all you need to know. And then my dear friend, Julie, who I've known for a very long time, we used to work together. Um, she is a behavior analyst and her husband, Andy, have decided to join us this month. Thank you so much, guys. Well, I am a behavior analyst. I'm coming up on year eight of being certified. Um, I've worked with toddlers and children with autism for over a decade, which is crazy. Um, and we are parents to a soon-to-be three-year-old. Uh, she turns three in 14 days. And so she's practically in college now. <laughs> but yeah, that's our, our journey. Yeah, I am uh, Julie's husband, Andy. Um, I work at a software company. Like she said, we have one daughter. Um, I, I feel like I never know what's going on at all. I never babysat. I had no, no other kids, nothing like that. So... I just learn uh, what's going on as it happens, basically. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for Andy. Yeah? Did you know about three-nager? I've heard the term, and I feel like I'm now Welcome. experiencing it. Welcome. <laughs> I, I didn't know, and I told her, like, our kid turned three, and I was like, well, we made it through the terrible twos, and she's like, oh, no. No, no. I heard about three-nager, and I was like, what are you talking about? You mean two doesn't end? And then two is fine. I feel like two was great, and then three was like, whoa. Three wasn't whoa. It was just big emotions. Big emotions. We're definitely experiencing we, those. Yes. Yeah. Big emotions. Yep. From a tiny body. Yep. So on that note, you guys, uh, parenting is hard. Uh, no matter who you are. And so I think like it's important to remember that whether you're a behavior analyst and you literally do this for your job, which is what Julie and I do, or whether you're like somebody else and this, you've had lots of kids or you've babysat a bunch or you're like Andy and Jared who never babysat in their lives and didn't hang out with any children until they had children, um, parenting is still hard. So in family partnerships, everybody brings their own perspective on how things should go down. And that can sometimes lead to disagreements or um, differences of opinion in child rearing. So uh, I think it's kind of fun to talk about how do we navigate that because Jared and I absolutely have differences of opinion. I'm making a face at him as I say this. So um, what do you guys think about that? Like what are your differences of opinion? What do you guys kind of have? What are your sticking points as far as parenting have you noticed? I think that sometimes I am too particular 
And I have to remind myself that while my child is very well behaved, she is still two years old. And so when then she acts like a two-year-old, sometimes I'm going, did you lose your mind? Like what just happened? But I, I forget sometimes because she is pretty chill when she's not, that that's normal and it's good and it's healthy. And so sometimes Andy has to talk me off the ledge of our child got body snatched and this isn't her anymore. <laughs> I feel like we have that, that same conversation, Jared, don't we? Um, really, to me, it's like, I have to remind you to let her be a kid and that you have seen the extremes in your situation but sometimes she's just gonna have a bad day and it's not your paper that you're writing it's just a kid that wants to watch mickey mouse and eat fruit snacks and you can't be like <laughs> you've had your limit of fruit snacks today like yes i can be a kid she doesn't need five packages of fruit snacks i'm not saying five but it's just like you you gotta have fun sometimes you forget to have fun i'm fun <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have oddly different perspectives about what is okay. So yeah. when she was really small, I let her play with marbles on purpose. Like I let her, I was right there. I was watching her. I feel like she's responsible. So there have been things like that where he is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, she's fine and she's under control and I've got this. But then there's other times and he's like, she can do that. And I'm like, no, she can't. It's too dangerous. Yeah, maybe I'm more relaxed on uh... everything. No, I don't know about everything. Well, what you're talking about is like safety things where, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are some safety things that maybe I'm a little more particular about and maybe some, uh, maybe it's behaviors. I don't know, but some things that I am, I'm definitely more relaxed on. I also tend to expect um, a response or a change in behavior when I ask for it pretty quickly. And sometimes he has to remind me like she is too. And I'm like, but I asked her twice. Like, how is she not doing this already? I do that too. Yeah. Like I'm the same way. Yeah. I think she's two. And sometimes I think she just doesn't understand what we're telling her or what we're asking. Like she doesn't understand the words yeah sometimes i think our daughter is more sophisticated than she like actually is and i have to remind myself she's she's four she's in pre-k and then she gets really into like saying like booty and duty a lot and i'm like who taught you these words and they weren't me and they were jared it was jared who taught you these words and that's where we get into things where i think it's less about because we're on the same page about like safety because i'm neurotic about safety and jared's really good about safety but i'm more like she needs to stop saying the word booty all day long and like pretending to fart everywhere <laughs> and i'm like you're gonna get kicked out of school and i know everybody at your school so i think that probably pays into it too where it's like she goes to school where i work and so i know everyone and it's always been that way where she's and julie you're the same way like because mm-hmm. your daughter goes to school where you work like our kids have always gone to school where we work. And so I think we're probably even more hypersensitive to their behavior, which makes oh, me yeah. like more neurotic than normal. And I'm normally pretty neurotic. All right. Jared, what what do you think your parenting role is in our household, dearest? Love of my life. 
Oh, butter me up. Um, <laughs> I really do think that I have to be the mediator sometimes. Because if you two are left alone for too long, it's just like you guys just need to be separated and you need to be talked down. So I need to be talked down or the kid does. Yes. <laughs> just sometimes it's just like you two just know neither one of you will back down. And I need to be the one to be like, go to your corners. Let's talk this out. Look, man, I'm a behavior analyst. I'm going to die on this hill. Like, I'm going to make this that's happen. Your that's your fault is like you will die on this hill and it's like a cupcake or something. <laughs> I know I keep going back to food, but it's just like, calm down. Tell me what's going on. Now she can tell me what's going on. Let's find the middle ground. But you have to admit, I've taught her a lot of amazing skills by not giving up and being very stubborn. It's, it's, it's raising a child and raising a child to have fun. It's not like my mom taught me how to use baby sign language. I did teach me, her how to I'm use so baby smart. sign language, and it was I know awesome. You did, but sometimes you just got to chill out and have fun. And that's what I'm there for. Like, <laughs> I'll take your side most of the time, but she's a kid. That's true. You are good at reminding me to have fun. Because so I'm crazy. I'm laughing so hard over here because that is literally the same thing that happens at our house. And Andy will come in and go, are you guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I, need to, do I need to separate you ladies? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. So that sounds... Uh, that sounds exactly yeah. like what happens at our house. Yeah. I don't know where she got her stubbornness from. Who knows? Nor her temper. I don't know. It's a mystery. And then, like, but then Jared will be like, Julie, you sound like your mother. And that's that, bam, I'm out. No, okay. That snap, you snapped me right out of that behavior. That's that little hidden piece, piece <laughs> that I got up my sleeve. All right. What strengths do you feel like your background and your knowledge bring to the household? I feel, Jared, that your background as a non-city folk bring a lot of great things to our household. Thank you. What do you mean? No, seriously, what do you mean? Because you're all about like more practical life skills, and I'm more about we need to teach her the letters and expressive identification and receptive identification. You're more like, let's teach her how to you know play in the mud, and I think that's interesting. Why are you glaring at me like I'm crazy? Because you're, you're making it sound like I'm Little House on the Prairie. No. I've never said let her play in the mud. Do you all have red mud at your house? We because do. I'm like morally opposed to letting her play in the mud because we have red, like, stain your soul red mud at our house. I don't know how to do laundry, so I don't let her play in the mud because I literally <laughs> couldn't actually wash her clothing after she did that. I don't have that skill. If it requires actual like actual laundry skills, like not just throwing it in the washer, like I can't do that. But anyways, I'm sorry, Jared. I take it back. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I think at our house, I am very Type A, and Andy is not Type A, which is good. I think he calms me down a bit. I have said many times to many people on an emotional scale, I'm like a one to a 10. I get really sad, I get really mad, and I get really excited and happy. Andy's like a one negative one. Like, <laughs> he gets sad, and he gets happy and mad, but it's all like very central, which reigns me in, which I think is good. Um, I think he, 
helps me be a little more carefree with our daughter because I don't want her to be a tiny adult, but sometimes I forget to let her be enough of a tiny child. I feel like you also had a much uh, stricter upbringing than me, just generally, and you're much more of an extreme rule follower, just in general, and I am not an extreme rule follower, and I did not have a strict upbringing, so maybe I can, I don't know, I can uh, bring the perspective that you can still turn out okay if you don't have an extreme strict upbringing. That is fair. That is fair. Sounds I hear, familiar. <laughs> that does sound familiar. I hear stories, and my response is usually, did you have parents? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Turned out all right. It's true. Everyone lived. That's not always like, my parents say that to me too, and they're like, well, you guys survived childhood? And I'm like, that's not like a good indicator of success there necessarily. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But there's a lot of things like Jared, you talk about that I'm like, I would never, ever have been allowed to do that. Ever. Like what? Like when you when you were five and you're walking to school all by yourself, little kindergarten Jared. and Yeah. See, my parents would never have let me do that. And I would never let our kid walk to school. Oh, it's a different world, though. I was going to say, see, even though I just said that, the thought of our daughter doing any of the things I did is terrifying. <laughs> I know I turned out okay, but... Yeah, 1985 was a, a million years away. You could let your kid walk to school. Yeah. And now, I don't even want her to, like, go in the other room without me. <laughs> I just think about teenage years. I'm just really looking forward to that situation. Oh, all this will be gone when there's teenage years. <laughs> You're going to be fully bald? Like, that'll be it? Yeah. I do think a strength of being a behavior analyst professionally is when in our house we are met with a challenging behavior or an interesting behavior. I stop and I, like, talk it out with Andy as if he were a client at work. So it's like if a family that I work with explained to me my exact situation, what advice would I give them? Um, and then we try to practice that. And a lot of times it works because I believe in my practice, <laughs> but um, sometimes it doesn't. And that's also fruitful to see like, maybe I guessed wrong. Like, Maybe the function wasn't what I thought it was. Maybe, you know, what I anticipated she was getting out of this is not what she's getting out of it. But I think that's a unique perspective that I can bring, that we do have, like, an in-home therapist to to walk through different scenarios we've been in with her behaviors. That's good. It's a good perspective and a good kind of, like, tool to have, but kind of similar to some stuff Jared said, you also kind of have to suspend that sometimes. Even uh, even if it is a good idea or even if it is right, there's, uh, I don't know, I guess exceptions to the rule. <laughs> it is hard, though, like when you're, it's hard when you're enmeshed, emotionally enmeshed with the situation. And I feel like I see it a lot, like when I'm, when I'm working, like with staff and things like that, they're so emotionally enmeshed with the behavior and the situation that it's hard to, separate yourself and so then I get to be that person and I have to like help them separate themselves and look at things objectively and so I think like for me and Julie like we're both kind of similar in that 
It's nice to have people who can help us do that because we get really emotionally invested in our own kids and their own success and and their behavior is a reflection on our behavior. And if she's screaming in Target, no one's going to think I'm a good BCBA. Like, what am I going to do with my life? So it's good to have someone who can help me take a step back and look at things objectively. Nobody so. checks your credentials at the Target door. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Our sure. daughter hasn't been in since March. So I'm pretty wow. sure she's feral and will not know how to handle herself in public yeah. whenever we go back in public. And so I am very thankful nobody checks my credentials when I walk into a public space or when we will eventually. Didn't you like stay for like an hour and a half or two hours the first time she went back to Target? Me? Yeah. Yeah. We stayed for about an hour and a half. But we always go in the morning time. And and we did that before pre-pandemic because then there's fewer people to witness the screaming if there is screaming it's happened like twice i know she's usually like sometimes i also have to remind myself that my child is extremely well behaved and so like i forget because i'm i'm there all the time so i see all the little things that happen and i'm like well she had a big old meltdown over here but then i forget like every four-year-old has meltdowns and then i go to target and i'm like oh my kid is really well behaved you know i need to like get over it not be so hung up on it but a story about Target that you can cut that terrifies or I don't know horrifies Julie when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, I would have murdered him. I don't know how old. It's like it's not that not that bad, but it's funny because Julie loves Target so much and is so terrified of negative attention. Uh, I went with my mom and I was probably I was like eight or something, maybe really young, and I climbed up like the column, like all the way up to the ceiling. And then, like, they were talking about me on the, the walkie-talkies, like, oh, my gosh, there's a kid. And they're like, we got to gotta find him, whatever. And then I was, like, hiding and got away from them and got back to my mom. I kind of just – I would like for you to experience He almost got like his mom kicked out of Target. <laughs> like, I would be tempted to just leave her there so that I did not get banned from Target my whole life. I would never go back. Target because you love Target so much. I love so Target much. so much. <laughs> You don't get banned unless you steal something. Yeah. I don't know, man. You can get banned. I'll still be so embarrassed. No one's going to enforce that ban. Don't do that anymore. Just go to a different Target. There's a lot of them, Julie. You can get kicked out of this one. It's okay. It's true. Let her climb thing. That's true. All right. Hold on. Now I have to, like, enlarge my little thing because I can't see because it's nighttime now. What are the challenges and benefits in parenting with a behavior? Well, we kind of already talked about that. Do you want to talk about it some more, about what the challenges are for parenting with me? Jared, I feel like you have a lot to say about that. What are the challenges of parenting with me? The challenges, again, like I said, was being the mediator, like pulling you back. But also, it's like trying to make sure that she's not always the example in your training. She is an example. I'm not one of the examples in your trainings. You wouldn't know you don't go to my trainings. But you tell me. You know, you're like, I talked about you today at work. I'm like, great. What did I do wrong? (laughs) The challenge is, like I said, it's just sometimes you're still in work mode when you come home. That's true. It's hard to put work mode down when your work is behavior because behavior is literally everywhere. And so it's hard to be like, I'm going to analyze behavior only in this one setting And then when I get home, I'm not going to analyze behavior. That's really hard. And then when I go to Target and I see lots of behavior, it's really hard for me not to analyze their behavior. Sometimes you just need to put your phone down and ask your kid what she learned at school. I do. And not like write it down in your journal of (laughs) 
did she respond properly to these situations? That's the challenge. Are there are there benefits to to parenting with me? You know, I've never parented without you, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there there are tools that you have used that I use. I gotta like, say, like one of the sexiest things I've ever heard in my life is when you used a first then statement with our child, <laughs> and it was like, "All right, first do this, then you can have a cookie." And I was like, "Oh." I was going to say that without the sexy part. but <laughs> Okay, this is a good one. How do you resolve differences of opinion when it comes to addressing behavior at home or in the community? I'd say for us, it is always an after-the-fact conversation. Like, we try not to publicly disagree to let her know that we are not on the same page. Um, so I would say almost like whoever started to intervene first, like we're jumping on that bandwagon and that's what we're doing. And then we will talk about it later when she's not around. Um, because I think it's important that we present United, even if we don't agree at that particular moment, there have definitely been some behind the child, like, uh, looks <laughs> of like, what are you doing? But we don't say that in front of her. Like we keep it professional and then we talk later. Would you agree? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think so for sure. Um, it also doesn't give her a weakness to exploit, <laughs> pit us against each other. I feel like we make our kids sound really diabolical, and they're—I mean, our <laughs> kids are like be. really smart. Like they are smart little girls, but <laughs> sometimes I do feel like they kind of make a little like Mr. Burns <laughs> hands as they like plot our demise. Oh yeah, yeah, she's a plotter. But she's still young enough that she just says her plot out loud in the plain language, which is pretty adorable. Yep. <laughs> I had made cookies for some friends at Christmas time, and they were in one container, and the cookies for our house were in another container. And Andy started to get in the wrong container. And I was like, stop it. What are you doing? Those aren't for you. And that made a huge impression on her because she talked about it for two weeks. Like, what did you say to dad? When he got into their cookies, what what was that, that or... when dad got in the wrong cookies? Yeah, like two months it made later. A big impression. Like, you got in the wrong cookies. Jared, how do we resolve differences of opinion when it comes to addressing behavior at home? Not as civilly know. as Julie and Andy. Yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> we, we are supposed to have a united front, but there are times when it's just like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> On both of our sides, too. It's like... I think because you, you and I are a little more stubborn individually that we disagree just, sometimes. When you die on that hill, I've got to pull you off that hill. And even if that means showing her that we have moments where we differ, i got to do it. Sometimes it kind of snaps her out of it, though. She'll be like, Dad, why are you arguing with Mommy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not that we're, like, fighting. It's just we're having a a civil discussion about how we want to handle the situation and then she kind of stops to be like wait no one's addressing my behavior <laughs> something we've noticed whether whatever the context if I don't, I don't think we've ever really argued in front of her but if she can tell we're like getting a little louder wow. than normal 
she doesn't like it and we've noticed that what she starts doing well for a while when she was younger she would just say stop talking no <laughs> talking and now she tries to change the subject she'll say let's, let's talk about mice Aww. the only time she ever wants to talk about mice is if we get loud but man she loves talking about mice for that yeah <laughs> or if we like i think she did it a lot when we would have covid discussions about something we had read about covid and then this tiny voice goes what's your favorite thing about mice (laughs) like that is our cue um we have been conditioned when we hear let's talk about mice that whatever we're discussing is making her uncomfortable is it always mice like it's never like hedgehogs or specifically i i think i suggested that to her once when when she was when she was still saying no talking stop talking i think i was like you could talk about something else if you want like you could bring up a new subject like mice and that stuck she stuck with that that is now her catchphrase for getting the subject changed yeah i mean that's a great skill right there i like that it's a sophisticated skill my knowledge of mice is tiny so we just kind of on repeat (laughs) all of those conversations but it works as a really good cue for us you gotta start googling some mice facts julie like get a little mice fact sheet ready so that when when the time comes you can pull out your fact sheet and like talk about mice yeah I've resorted to like talking about like cartoon mice because I know very little about actual real mice. I don't know very much about cartoon mice either, but enough to keep our topic going. Jared taught our daughter a song and it's the calm down song. And so like if we start kind of getting, it's not like we get heated. We don't like yell at each other, but like if our voices get up, she'll be like, just calm down, (laughs) just calm down, just calm down. (laughs) And it's so funny. And I, I can't stop laughing when it happens. And then I'm like, okay, well, now we all have to calm down. <laughs> or she'll be like, shh, our voices are too loud. And she like, she'll model for us, like calming down, using her quiet voice. And then I'm like, oh, you're such a sophisticated little child. You're so smart. All right, guys, do you have any final thoughts or tidbits of exciting knowledge to share with anyone about how to how do we parent effectively when we have different perspectives i think taking time to appreciate the other person's perspective is important because it's not your perspective and there's definitely value there and you can definitely learn something there both ways um i know for me as a behavior analyst sometimes i'm like no i am definitively right on behavior you're an expert julie you have a degree letters Um, But that is not always true. And I have to appreciate that the perspective Andy brings is equally as valuable, even if it does not align with my thoughts on behavior. I am not a behavior analyst, but I would I would suspect that being one doesn't make you immune to like (laughs) all of the I don't know all of the things that make other people behave the way they do. True. Yep. Also not a behavior analyst. I do appreciate the tools that you bring to the game, but sometimes you don't need those tools and you just got to be in the moment. So it's a mesh of the two. And sometimes you just got to calm down, just calm down. (laughs) 
I would agree with that. And I think like the big thing at the end of the day is just to make sure that, you know, that we remember like we do love each other. We have a, we have a nice, don't make that face at me. You know, you love me. So, you know, and it's important that our, our daughter knows that we love each other, even if we disagree, you know, sometimes. And I think that if we disagree, it's usually about something about her too, because <laughs> we agree on most things. It's more about how do we handle this thing with our daughter that we sometimes disagree on, but that's okay. It's okay to disagree. If we all agreed on everything, it would be very boring. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Behavior Source podcast. We would love it if you would follow us on Instagram at the Behavior Source and stay tuned throughout the month for lots more exciting behavior content. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes for more behavior fun. And as always, be well and be the change. Thanks.